0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we are in the book of Hosea, chapter 10, 11, and 12. We know the story of Hosea, the the prophet who God instructed to marry a prostitute, because Hosea must have been a pretty unique character for God to even um, trust him with this crazy um, instruction. And... We as humans have opinions, right? We're like, why would he do that? What kind of man could, uh, or why would Hosea do this? Why would God have him do this? Why would the woman, that's how much God loved his people. He trusted Hosea to be um, his prophet, his servant. He trusted him, but he loved his people so much that he's going to allow Hosea to be an example because people only learn by stories. So he allowed Hosea to be an example of what true love is, compassion, forgiveness, um, kindness, all of that. And so in the previous chapters, now, okay, so chapters one and three were about Hosea. The rest of the chapters are talking about, God's talking about the Israelites and what they're like. And at this point, we're kind of like, okay, I get it. They're really bad. Well, chapter 10, yeah let's go into a little bit more detail in chapter 10 about how, yeah, they're really bad. But then in 11, hang tight because God's love. Oh, you're just going to just, you're going to love chapter 11 because it's really God showing how much, how much mercy, how much he longs and yearns for his people, his children. So chapter 10. Israel was spreading vine. He brought forth fruit for himself. As his fruit increased, he built more altars. As his land prospered, he adorned his sacred stones. So he's talking about like, this is exactly how they came to where they're at. Their heart is deceitful, and now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones. Then they will say, we have no king because we did not revere the Lord. But even if we had a king. What could do what could he do for us? They make many promises, take false oaths, and make agreements. therefore, lawsuits spring up like poisonous weeds in a ploughed field. The people who live in Samaria fear the calf idol of Beth Avon. Its people will mourn over it, so it will so will its idolatrous priests. Wow, you see the detail, and that's why it's worth reading. Yes, I have to summarize. But you've got to read it because you really do start to really connect with God. You want to know the heart of God? Read line by line all these prophets. You will know God intimately. You'll know his heart. Um, okay, so we're gonna move down. Um Let's see. Verse 13. But you have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. You have eaten the fruit of deception because you have depended on your own strength and on your your many warriors. The roar of battle will rise against your people so that all your fortresses will be devastated. The shaman devastated Beth Arbol on the day of battle. When mothers are dashed to the ground with their children, so will it happen to you, Bethel, because you Your wickedness is great when that day dawns the king of israel will be completely destroyed so you're like okay my goodness ah these are terrible people but then we move on to chapter 11 when israel um, when israel was a child i loved him and out of egypt i called my son but the more they were called the more they went away from me they sacrificed to baal's "'and they burned incense to images. "'It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, "'taking them by the arms, "'but they did not realize it was I who healed them. "'I led them with the cords of human kindness, "'with ties of love. "'To them I was like the one who lifts a little child to the cheek, "'and I bent down to feed them. "'Will they now not return to Egypt?' Will they not return to Egypt, and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will will flash in their cities, it will devour their false prophets, and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me, even though they call me God Most High. I will by no means exalt them. And now here's God's amazing mercy. Verse 8, chapter 11. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Admah? How can I make you like Zeboyim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. That's God yearning for his people. Oh, goodness. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come from Egypt, trembling with sparrows. From Assyria, fluttering like doves. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. But we're not there yet. So that's just God talking about, oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait till my children come back to me. I can't wait till my children want to be around me. They come running and want to hang around with me. They want to spend time with me. I just can't wait. But they're not there yet. They're still going through whatever it is that they have to go through. This is, for, this is the last verse of chapter 12, uh, 11. Verse 12 of chapter 11. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies, Israel with deceit, and Judah is unruly against God, even against the faith, faithful Holy One. Ephraim feeds on the wind. He pursues the east wind all day and multiplies lies and violence. He makes treaties with Assyria and sends olive oil to Egypt. Oh my gosh, the betrayal. The Lord has charge to bring against Judah. He will punish Jacob according to his ways and repay him according to his deeds. Okay, so now God's saying, I really can't wait till it all turns around. But for right now, they're going to be punished. For their dishonest scales, the loves and loves to def- the merchants use dishonest scales and loves to defraud. Ephraim boasts, "I am very rich. I have become wealthy. With all my wealth, they will not find me. Find in me any iniquities or sins." Verse nine: I have been the Lord your God ever since you came out of Egypt. I will make you live in tents again, as in the days of of your appointed festivals. I spoke to the prophets, gave them many visions, and told parables through them. Is Gilead wicked? Its people are worthless. Do they sacrifice bulls to Gilgal? Their altars will be like piles of stones on a plowed field. Jacob fled to the country of Aram. Israel served to get a wife and to pay for her tender sheep. The Lord used a prophet to bring Israel up from Egypt. By a prophet, he cared for him. But Ephraim has aroused his bitter anger. The Lord will leave on, leave on him the guilt of his bloodshed and repay him, repay him for his contempt. Whew. So the Lord knows that these people have to go through this and they're going to have to suffer the consequences. I've often wondered, did the whole life and the story of the Israelites, was that all created for all of mankind to see? just like Hosea had to sacrifice and be an example so that the Israelites can understand. Is that the whole story of the Israelites in the Bible? Did God use an entire people to show us what blessings look like, what forgiveness looks like, what redemption looks like, what love looks like? So don't read the stories as if you're just reading history. Did God use the Israelites as an example for us, for you? Pretty powerful stuff. All right, my friends. We did it again. We covered three chapters, chapter 10, 11, and 12 of the book of Hosea. Go back and read word for word just never know what your spirit is looking for in this particular moment. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I shall see you soon. Have a great day.